Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Jumpin' with Jumi. I am Jumi, and this is the third episode in this new series here on the blackdoctor.org platform. I'm so excited that you all are here because we're going to have another great conversation. If you didn't know, I'm here every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, and I'm bringing you fun, engaging, and most importantly, empowering conversations about everyday topics. Today, we are talking about acupuncture. And if you're joining us, I would love to know what it is that you know about acupuncture. You know, have you ever tried it? But most importantly, what is it? How long has it been around? What is it that you know about acupuncture that you would like to share with us? If you know any information, like when it's first started, just please put it in the chat and we'll definitely, um, we'll definitely talk about that because it is really important to get an understanding of what everybody knows about acupuncture. So if you are here, please let us know what you what you think and what it is about acupuncture that you know. Let's see what we've got going on here. All right, I think people are still joining. People are still joining, so it's all good. So acupuncture has been around for a while. And I think what happens is a lot of people hear a certain, they have a certain um, perception of acupuncture. But did you know that the history of acupuncture that we see in mainstream media is not necessarily the full story. So before we go into any further this conversation, I do want to show you a quick clip about the history of acupuncture. We are going to load that up real quick. And as China began to normalize relations with the U.S., they invited QEP Newton to visit months before receiving President Nixon. And that visit was a major reason why acupuncture entered the American mainstream. Acupuncture existed in the Chinese community already, but the Chinese community in America was, was more insular and more like enclave. Right, we, we introduced it to the rest of the world. The year after Newton visited China, he sent a delegation of 19 people to the country, including Dr. Small. When they came back from 1972, we started uh, talking about acupuncture more. And we had people practicing acupuncture on both coasts. The Black Panthers also helped run the first health clinic to implement five-point ear acupuncture. That protocol is still used today to treat conditions like drug addiction and post-traumatic stress. So the group had a major influence on healthcare initiatives in the U.S. Why then does it seem like that narrative has been hidden? Why are the Panthers so often associated with this rather than this? It's partly because of controversial So as you can see, the Black Panthers were incredibly integral in bringing acupuncture here to the U.S. So it's not just a medicine that's for Chinese people or for white people. It is something that can heal and help all of us, you know, so it it is part of black culture. It is for black people. It's for all of us, which is why I'm so excited that today we get to hear from a licensed acupuncturist who was also a well-being consultant who has her own practice in Maryland called Body and Beyond Wellness. Her passion is helping people feel at ease and at home in their bodies. You know, she comes through with her approach to treatment when it comes to acupuncture is coming through with a unique blend of reason compassion, um, humor, and a deep listening for the sake of restoring balance. She has specialized training in trauma, 
informed acupuncture, and also weight loss coaching. She is dedicated to helping people break free from suffering related to stress, racialized trauma, unnecessary, unnecessary stress, oppression, and the pressures that we feel from our very full and active lifestyles. I am so excited for you all to meet one of my favorite people in acupuncturist, Leah Turner. Oh, thank you, Jumi. What a lovely, lovely introduction. I really appreciate that. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, thank show. you for joining. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Welcome to Jump In with Jumi. I'm very excited for people to get to know you and to have you tell them how acupuncture can really, really heal them. So if you want to talk a little bit about, I just showed the clip, obviously, of where Black Panthers were really involved in bringing acupuncture from China here to the States. So if you wanna talk a little bit more about the history of acupuncture, how long it's been around and why it's so important for us to really be on board with this type of medicine. Absolutely, and I'm so glad you led with that clip because actually I, I have some mixed emotions about learning this. I'm pleased to know this history but I'm really disappointed that I myself wasn't taught about this in school. I got, you know, a history that was a little bit fast forwarded. Mm. I learned that this ear acupuncture that the Panthers actually helped bring in five point began closer to, yeah, the five point protocol began closer to the 1980s. Mm. Uh, that was actually when their system was dismantled and other people came in and took it over. So yeah. not to digress into that piece, but I'm really glad that you're bringing the true history of how Black people, how African-Americans had a lot to do with bringing acupuncture to this country. So yes, um, as you said, as the clip I think stated, acupuncture has been around for thousands of years. It did originate in China. It spread throughout Asia and there are various um, kinds of acupuncture that is being practiced throughout the world, but it sort of started in China initially and then kind of grew from there. So mm -hmm. there's Japanese type of acupuncture, there's Korean hand acupuncture, there's all different kinds of spin-offs. Um, it spread throughout Europe, and then we are sort of late to the party in the United States, of course. But um, I feel like I was born the year that it was it was actually landing here in the US. And mm -hmm. as, the, as the clip that you showed um, a moment ago said, it did start kind of on both coasts. So mm -hmm. West Coast and East Coast were learning about how we could bring this medicine to the states kind of all at the same time in the early 70s. So um, tell us a bit about like just what it is what is acupuncture? There's on a basic level and a little bit deeper so people get a real understanding of what it entails. Okay, sure. Basic level, most people have heard that there are needles involved. And yeah. sometimes people just need to hear the word needle and they don't want to hear anything else. So on a very basic That's level, we, <laughs> we as acupuncturists are trained to know where on the body to insert these very tiny, and at some point I'll show you if you'd like, uh, fine uh, needles, which are about as you know thick as a strand of hair or a cat's whisker, I like to say. Mm -hmm. um, so there are points all over the body. We know which points to access to help a person uh, come back into balance within themselves. On a bit of a deeper level, we're not just picking points out of thin air. Um, we as acupuncturists are trained to assess and diagnose um, what somebody needs to bring themselves back into balance. So I notice I keep on saying bring themselves back into balance. So the deeper piece is 
our bodies already know how to heal. We aren't inserting anything into you. Anything out of you. It's everything that you needed is encoded in your system on a body, on a physical level, on a mind, on a mental level, and on an emotional or spiritual level. We can access the flow of balance in your body and restore it to its optimal um, working. So, so yeah, I mean, that's a little bit harder to grasp for the Western thinking, the way we think in the West, um, but it's a complete system and it works well and it stood the test of time, thousands of years. Right. So what could somebody that is new to acupuncture, what can they expect coming into, say, your practice versus going to a local neighborhood strip joint, you know, where we see the signs that say acupuncture, the lights are kind of flickering on and off. Like, right, right. <laughs> what is the difference between what they'll do with what will they do in your practice, basically? OK, I can speak specifically to mine. I'm not sure, you know, what others might be doing a little bit differently than from what I do. But that's a great mm -hmm. question, actually, because the way acupuncture has evolved in the U.S., um, we have already a kind of a patient practitioner model here that's different from other cultures. So we tend to like to be more one-on-one. -on -one. Now you can find community acupuncture clinics in the United States, which is a whole different setup and you're sort of being treated with a group of people. But in my practice, I sometimes I do groups, but I primarily have one-on-one -on -one sessions. So it's actually, it's kind of an intimate relationship that you develop with your practitioner. I ask a lot of questions because what I'm trying to find out is, what else is going on because it's a holistic form of medicine too what mm -hmm. else is going on in the person that they may or may not be connecting to the reason why they came in my door so when a person first walks in with me i do my best to get first of all establish rapport um, i was watching your previous episode last week with the mental health professional that you had on and he said something about trust and how important trust is in the patient practitioner relationship. Same exact thing with acupuncture as far as the way I practice. If I don't, if I'm getting ready to stick you with needles, you should probably trust me. Mm -hmm. And it goes beyond just the physical. It's I'm asking someone to open up and share things with me that they may not have expected to share because I need to get the bigger picture on what's going on with them. So you come in with a physical pain, for example, oh, I've got elbow pain, can you help me? And here I am asking you about what you had for breakfast and how your sleep has been and what your relationship is with your mother. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're going, why are you asking me this? So it's all because we are looking at a, a whole person and we're connecting dots that you as the patient may not be connecting yourself. Mm -hmm. That's actually really amazing. That trust piece is so important because yes, the needles, you're just, your alarms are going off. Like, this is crazy. Somebody's intentionally going to stick me with a needle. But I don't think we have, or a lot of people don't know that needles, our idea of a needle being stuck in us is not exactly what an acupuncture needle is. So can you tell us a little bit more about these needles and maybe show us what it looks like? Absolutely. I love to show you the needle. So I have a few and I'll talk while I'm showing, show and tell. So <laughs> right. here's, this is what a pack of needles. They are um, single use. They're, I opened this pack already, but just so you know, it comes sealed. Mm -hmm. They are sterile. Mm -hmm. They are, you only use them one time. I don't even reinsert the same needle in the same person's body. Like I wouldn't take mm -hmm. it out, put it somewhere else. Right. Um, they come in uh, packs like this or individual packs. This one was a pack of 10. 
I'll take one out. Let me see if I can get it. Y'all so see how small that is. Yeah, it's so tiny. And I'll even do this. Can you see? Yes, it's bending. It? Mm -hmm. So it's yep. very flexible. It's a very fine. You can't even see it on the camera. Can't see it. Very, no, not really. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. So if you all can see, it's very, very small. It's not a very intrusive needle at all. Yep, that looks better. No. So it's also, the other thing I like to tell my patients is it's solid. It doesn't, it's not hollow. So we're not injecting anything into your body, like I said. Also, if you put this needle under a microscope, mm -hmm. you would see that even though it's sharp enough to penetrate the skin, it doesn't have a blade on the end of it like a hypodermic needle. It's actually round at the end on a microscopic level. So yes, it's sharp because we have to get it through the skin, but it's not meant to cut or pierce into structures like veins. Mm. Very rarely will you see a little bit of blood uh, from a needle insertion. And that's usually because they're, they're tiny capillaries all over mm -hmm. your body. So we might nick one of those, but it, there's no pain associated with that part of um, a treatment. And that's the next point is, is acupuncture painful? I know everybody is wondering, like, it seems so painful. That looks very long. It looks very painful. Sure. It's going into my skin. Is it painful? Yeah. Or what, course, what, that's all, what kind of pain was my experience? So that's always a question I get. And you'd be yeah. surprised at how many people I get in my office who either right away or eventually tell me that they have needle phobia. So not just like a little nervous, but like actually they say, you know, I've been known to pass out, you know, at the sight of a needle. Yep. They don't want to, they don't want to look, they don't want to look, you know? And so when I get that question about pain, I always say, well, first of all, it's not a cop out, but everybody's pain threshold is different. Mm -hmm. So I receive acupuncture regularly myself. So I can speak to the way I feel. I feel a little prick um, that doesn't feel nearly as painful as like a bee sting or anything like that. It's like a little, you can feel the needle going in. And then after it's inserted, the sensations will vary. Sometimes I feel like a little, kind of feel like a zing, like, ooh, what was that? Mm -hmm. Like a rush of energy going around or radiating from the point that where the needle was placed. Sometimes I'll feel a little tingling sensation. So pain, not much, sensation. Um, but sensation, Sometimes, and we actually want you to feel something. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay if you don't. I actually have developed my sensitivity uh, level so that when I insert a needle into someone's body, I can feel something on my end. I can feel the movement of your, what we call chi, which is mm. loosely translated as energy. So your life force or your vital energy flow. I can feel when I've gotten to the level of your chi by the sensation that I get through my fingertips after putting a needle in. So. We're not looking to hurt anybody. We're definitely looking to relieve pain. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's, you know, and I've also different parts of the body uh, register pain differently, different nerve endings and all that. So when I go for the feet, I'll say, you know, you have a lot of nerve endings on your feet. Just so you know that you would feel this more than if I put a needle like on your thigh, in your inside mm -hmm. your thigh or your belly or something like that where we're fleshier. Mm-hmm. So if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Leah Turner, who is a licensed acupuncturist in Maryland. And she's just shown us a needle and she's, you know, she's made it known that 
it won't hurt. You'll feel a sensation. The needles are very small. If you've had acupuncture before, definitely let us know in the chat. Let us know what your feelings were about it, if you'll continue to do it. And also let us know where you're from. We'd love to see where everybody is and we can help you, you know, we'll send, put some resources out there later. So if you're interested in getting acupuncture, you'll know where to find one in your local city. Um, so Leo, with acupuncture and with it being around for so long, I'm sure that insurance companies have started to kind of put it as part of something that they they provide for individuals, right? So is it expensive or how can somebody get acupuncture without feeling like cost is a barrier? So that's a great question. Um, cost will vary from practitioner to practitioner and from region to region. So it depends on where you are and the cost of living and all that is a factor. Uh, the good news is that insurance companies are more and more uh, paying for a portion, if not you know, depending on your plan, you might be 100% covered for a certain number of visits. I okay. would say 85 to 90% of my patients, maybe 85% of my patients are insurance covered patients uh, to some extent. So uh, they might have a copay, the most common copay is around $20. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they don't have one at all. Uh, so it varies. My out of pocket rates, are probably a little on the lower side because I have not raised my rates in about five years, which I probably mm -hmm. should. Uh, <laughs> but around uh, almost 200 for an initial intake, which I take at least two hours with the person assessing them and diagnosing them and then treating them. And then follow-ups are around 100 right now. Okay. Okay. And so that all is going to depend just based on where everybody is located, but insurance right. does. Come in. So it's not a barrier, which is a great thing because it really truly can heal. And so what are some conditions that when you see people, what are some common ailments that they have? We know that people come into acupuncture for pain management, but mm -hmm. what are some things specifically as it pertains to the black community that people might be mm -hmm. experiencing and they come in for acupuncture and, you know, what are those conversations? Like, what are those conditions that you see? Okay. So I'll, let me speak generally first and then narrow more specifically to our community. Okay. So generally anyone who's in a body is going to have some physical thing come up from time to time. So Things that acupuncture can help and that I commonly see are any kind of musculoskeletal pain, mm -hmm. uh, back pain being like the top one, followed by maybe neck pain. So we carry a lot of tension in our neck, shoulder, and back, and a lot of people come in and they're like tight and they need some relief. Um, old knee injuries and ankle injuries, chronic pain, things like that acupuncture can do wonders. It helps restore the balance of the flow of energy. And what we know in acupuncture is that the energy flows first and then the physical body follows the energy flow. So when we help you balance out the flow of your energy, your physical body can get some relief as well. Um, so that's kind of number one, anyone with a body is gonna have pain from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, also, anyone who's human is gonna have um, feelings of stress, um, emotional, you know, trouble, uh, anxiety, depression, things like that. A lot of people come to me because they want to uh, get off of their medication that they've had to take for anxiety or depression, or they don't want to be put on medication and they want to have a more um, holistic or natural approach to re getting relief. So stress, uh, I would say I saw an explosion of patients coming in for anxiety and stress and tension um, non-physical related or hundred percent, you know, less physical 
uh, pain uh, around 2016. Hmm. And we don't have to go talking about it, but there was a certain election that was stressing a lot of people out. Um, and so <laughs> consistently from then, uh, I've, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of patients coming in for stress. Mm -hmm. And then bringing us to the Black community specifically, conditions that we tend to associate with uh, our community are unfortunately things like hypertension, diabetes. Um, these conditions are also, I would say, related to basically being Black in America and having to manage uh, microaggressions and not so microaggressions, racism, mm -hmm. um, systemic racism, just the stressors that are piled on to our community that are um, things that we've managed to cope with and deal with, but that have caused um, secondary health problems as a result. So mm -hmm. the beauty of acupuncture is, yes, we can help people uh, get their blood pressure down, uh, for sure. We can help, um, we wouldn't, I would never advise someone stop taking your diabetes medication right. or change, you know, but the, we can help bring things back into balance, including the way we metabolize food. And if we can get underneath um, how a person's stress response system is operating, how somebody's nervous system is coping and managing with the day-to-day -day barrage of stressful events, large and small, um, we can help manage those um, consequential health conditions that we associate with our community. So what would that treatment look like? So say somebody is coming in for, you know, diabetes related um, management care. What would you do? Talk to us about these energy points that you would be looking mm -hmm. at. Um, and how would you explain to them what you're doing and how it's helping them? Okay. I thought you'd never ask. Hold on. Well, I did. Aren't you excited? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I often oh gosh <laughs> I yeah bring, bring out a chart and what I do I like to let people know early on in our work together is that this is the system that I use most commonly uh, in my practice five element acupuncture chart and so each one of these circles represents an aspect of the human body and all of nature actually has each one of these. I'm not going to do a whole lesson for you, Jimmy, but <laughs> just so you know, you know, these re reflect the five elements, water. I can't do this backwards. Hold on. Water, <laughs> wood, fire, earth, and metal. Right. Mm -hmm. And we want these elements to be in balance. So in the human body, we're talking about organ systems as well. Bladder, kidney, liver, gallbladder, heart, small intestine, uh, stomach, spleen, lung, large intestine. So once somebody comes in and they say, hey, I have this condition, say I have diabetes. So I'm already zeroing in on, okay, there's something in the way that your body metabolizes uh, food, substance, that, you know, your blood sugars are off and, you know, your insulin and your blood sugar and your glucose levels, everything's wonky. So I know that there's something that's going on with your digestive system. So I'm going to start zeroing in on what is your diagnosis is to look at the systems involved, but I'm not gonna stop there because mm. everybody's different. So I would never say, oh, you have diabetes. Well, I'm gonna do, let me pull out my diabetes chart. And I'm gonna do these points on you. Right. I would never do that. I'm looking at the individual person. I'm trying to understand what 
they are experiencing regardless of whatever condition or diagnosis they walk in with. A lot of times people say, let me use another example, I have anxiety. Mm. Well, I don't have a, a list of points that I use for anxiety. I ask people, what does that mean to you? Well, when I'm anxious, my stomach starts to tighten up and I get really bad headaches. I ask the next person what it means to them and they say, well, I start getting heart palpitations and my neck gets real tense. So I need to know how these different words that we use really manifest in the individual. And from there, I can decide what points to use. But yes, when it comes to certain um, you know, conditions like diabetes, I already know we're looking at the way your body metabolizes sugar and there's an imbalance going on, on a, in a certain area. So I will be sort of narrowing my focus. And that brings me to a good point where you you mentioned like you don't have a list of, okay, diabetes or headache or anything, and that's what you're going to do. That's what you consider. And that's why acupuncture is considered holistic medicine, right? Because you're looking mm -hmm. at more than just one component. So can you talk a little bit about what that means and what you're looking, looking at with each individual person? Sure. So I have a set of questions that I tend to ask initially when I'm just getting to know a person and I'm kind of running through systems. So I'm first of all asking, why are you here? Why do you think you need acupuncture? And as I go along and ask, okay, what's your sleep like? What do you eat every day? Um, what kind of exercise do you do, if any? Um, what do you tend to perspire more than other people? What's your digestive system like? I go through all the systems. Um, sometimes as I'm asking questions, people realize, oh, oh yeah, I actually don't sleep at all. Mm -hmm. I'm here for my, my back hurts. But you know what? Come to think of it, I only get like three hours of sleep a night. And that's that's just been how I am all my life. Mm -hmm. I had one patient who said um, she had like three things going on with her. And then she came back for the second treatment. She goes, well, my headaches are completely gone. And I said, you never I was looking through my notes. I said, you never told me you had headaches. And she said, I just been living with those headaches for so long. It never dawned on me to ask you for help with them. But when her headaches disappeared, she noticed right away and it was like uh -huh. i was helping her with a condition that she'd been living a symptom that she'd been living with that she didn't even tell me about because we were able to start bringing her body back into balance and then her body didn't need to send that signal that headache was a signal from her body that something was off mm -hmm. you see so yeah. um so i'm looking for what do you know about your body but i'm also listening to, so I have a whole other diagnostic workup that I do to find out um, what I can deduce about what's off or what's imbalanced in a person. Okay. And so everybody watching, as you can tell, like acupuncture has been around for a long time. People do all different types of it. And so we just want to kind of ask a quick question of how many years ago exactly did acupuncture begin? Is it pretty That's new? Is it pretty old? Has it been around since the beginning of time? Leah, don't tell them. We'll tell them later, oh. but don't tell them. Okay. okay. <laughs> we kind of alluded to it. We kind of alluded to it at the beginning. So let's see who was who was paying attention. But let's see if who knows when it really really started. We'll get back to that though. Um, but I do hope everybody is realizing that acupuncture has been around for a long time, and these acupuncturists take into account so many things. That is why it's holistic. It's the physical. It's the mental. It's the emotional. It's the spiritual. Which brings me to my point. Another question, Leah. How many people come to you and say, 
oh, is acupuncture religious? Like, is there a spiritual mm. component to it? Like, I can't do it because I'm insert any religion here. Like, mm. have we had those conversations before? I have. It's not um, extremely common, but I have had that question and I'm always ready with an answer um, because people have concerns. Anything new or different or foreign to people, you know, brings up some fear. And especially in the black community, I don't want to put it all on black people. I mean, we have, you know, we're not all alike and we all have different, you know, ideas and we're all different religions and everything else. But I will say the few people who have asked me that question have happened to be black and they're very rooted in the black church, maybe, or their families, very um, religious. And they say, you know, my that I'm, you know, doing something demonic. Um, and I respect that. I understand that, you know, people feel like you're interfering, kind of playing God in a way when there's something that we're interacting with that we can't measure, that we can't see. So it transcends the physical and people know that and it looks weird and it looks like it might be some, you know, kind of um, out something outside of their faith. And so what I say to people when they ask me that question is there's no belief system that we're ascribing to in the practice of acupuncture per se. Now, I will also say that it's not completely off base as a question, because at the time that acupuncture was emerging in China, there were three religions that were also sort of being kind of, um, I guess, kind of emerging and, and, and the people were sort of figuring out where they fit. And there were certain trading places back and forth over time. So there's Confucianism, there was Taoism, and there's Buddhism. Mm -hmm. So because acupuncture grew out of a culture that was steeped in various religions, some of those religions influenced the culture. And so that chart that I showed you, you know, talking about the nature and how things are balanced in nature. Remember I showed you the elements, water, wood, fire, earth, metal, you could also think about winter, spring, summer, late summer, and fall as another um, cycle that is embedded in that chart. And so that's very Taoist. Mm. The, the, in Taoism, we look at nature as our way, as our model for how we should live. So I do a lot of speaking to my patients about that model, but I don't come at it from like, this is a religion that you need to ascribe to. Now we're all going to be Taoist because we're talking about nature. I think that this is so universal that it's not, um, you know, in, or it's not part and parcel to any particular religion, but there are influences from that culture. And I think that's very important to note that, you know, the influences are there, but just you getting treatment does not mean you are subscribing to that particular religion. And we see you know, religious influences in a lot of the things that we do, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that is what you're doing. So if that is a part that pe you know prevents people from doing it, it's just something to really dig deeper into and, be, and realize that you know shouldn't really be a barrier for trying acupuncture at all. So thank you for clarifying that. Um, I still wanted to get some people to answer, you know, how long ago did acupuncture start? So if you wanted to put that in the chat, I'll be, I want to see what answers we've got. You know, I might start calling on some people <laughs> to put some answers <laughs> in the chat and we'll answer. So the question was, how many years ago did acupuncture start? And Leah kind of gave you a little hint where she said that it started with certain religions around a certain time. So maybe if you can make those connections, <laughs> you'll be able to make a connection. But definitely put it in the chat. Let us know. Also, let us know where you're from. 
um, with regards to acupuncture. So Leah, if we are talking about acupuncture being something that can both cure and heal a condition, mm -hmm. when should a person seek out an acupuncturist? When should they say, okay, Western medicine's not working for me. I'm still dealing with something. I need to try something else. When, at what point should they do that? Well, what you just, in the way you phrase that question, that's one approach and that's a common approach. I've tried everything else. Western medicine has not been able to support me. I'm going to try something that I've not tried before. And so that's often how I meet people. They'll say everything else has failed me and go ahead, stick me with needles. I, I'm desperate. I would prefer that that not be the case, that people actually um, consider acupuncture before they feel so desperate hmm. um, because they don't need to wait that long. Um, so I would say, here's what you would want to do. You wouldn't want to come to see me if you just were in a terrible accident and you needed to go to the emergency room. I'd love to help you, but you need to go get your x-rays and figure out what's going on, maybe get a cast on your arm. And then I can help you heal as, you know, as after you've had your emergency treatment. Um, I would say also, if you've got a really, um, severe condition, if you've been diagnosed with cancer or something like that. We can support you through the healing process, but acupuncture uh, should not be used for extreme conditions that need serious medical attention immediately, like mm -hmm. acute, acutely. The chronic ones, yes, we can help support you, but also we treat rare, strange and peculiar diagnoses very well, sometimes better than Western medicine, often better than Western medicine. I'll give you an example. Um, one of my first patients right out of the gate when I was um, in school had a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome. He was suffering beyond belief. He couldn't leave the house because of his condition. He didn't know if he was ever going to have these horrible cramps. And, you know, it was it was taking over his life. And yes, he had a diagnosis. He was told by his Western physician, this is what you have. But sorry, there's not much we can do. So there are lots of conditions like that, chronic fatigue, lots of autoimmune conditions, things like that, where Western medicine knows what to call it. Um, fibromyalgia is another one, which basically means sore muscles. So you go to a, a doctor and you say, hey, my muscles are really sore. And they say, okay, let me see what you, oh, you have fibromyalgia, which is they're telling you you have sore muscles, which is what you just told them, them you had to. So we get a label, but then we don't know what to do with it. So strange, rare, and peculiar peculiar diseases can be treated with acupuncture because we get underneath that label mm. and we're looking at what's out of balance and what do we need to help remind your body to do uh, to bring it back itself back into balance. So we're working with your own system, your own energy. Mm. That's real. So question. So now with um, the pandemic and people maybe not being able to go and see acupuncturists, can these sensations be achieved without needlework? Actually, yes. So there is a whole um, spinoff, I guess, of acupuncture <laughs> that you might call acupressure, you know, as the spinoff. Mm. So people who apply pressure to the same exact points on the body that we would stick a needle into, um, you can have a similar effect on uh, the system by applying pressure, pointed pressure. And there are some tools that you could use um, to help apply the pressure. Um, but you can use your finger just as well. Um, could there, you show us something? Is that a thing? 
Sure. I, you mean okay. show you a, a point? Yeah. So, yeah. So if you take your hand, right, and you know how you have this sort of webbing between your your thumb and your forefinger. Mm -hmm. Now clo close it and you see how you have sort of like this little bulge, this little bulge. Mine's really bulgy. This one? <laughs> yeah, it's a bulge okay. between your two. So at the very top of that muscle there, that bulge, it's like the top of the hill there is the point. So if you open up your hand again, your your fingers right on it. Okay. And and you might not even need to find that bulge. If you apply really specific pressure, I know you got some nails there, so you might not be able to <laughs> dig in without pain. But if you put this put pressure on this point in this webbing right between, it's not really the webbing, it's more like into the muscle between mm -hmm. your thumb uh, and your index finger. This is do you feel that? Mm -hmm. It's a little funny, right? Like yeah. ooh. Um that is the empirical point or the classic point for anything to do with pain in the head. So if you have a really sharp, intense headache, you might just try applying really, you know, kind of pointed pressure to that point on either one of your hands to see which one feels, you know, a little bit more interesting and sustain that for, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, see if anything shifts with your headache. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a classic point. There are others on the body, but that's just a lot you know, it's an easier point to show you right there. If you also, if you've heard of tapping or EFT mm -hmm. is a technique that people may have heard of before. It's like where you sort of, you know, some there's some points here and here you can kind of tap. Those are actually spinoffs too of borrowed from acupuncture points on the body. So, and sometimes people intuitively do it. They don't feel right. They feel nervous or something and they just start palpating themselves, touching themselves. Like that's probably your own intuition around how to heal your, you know, bring your energy back into balance to help heal yourself. That's amazing. I mean, this conversation has been incredible. And I know we have some really great questions in the chat right now that I definitely want to get into. Um, and okay. so one of the questions that was from Jay was a really interesting question. It's pretty specific, but he asked about experience working with bodybuilders with acupuncture. Hmm. And we know that a lot of athletes try acupuncture and they- Absolutely be very, very effective. So right. what was um, your experience with that? So let's see, I'm trying to think in my Rolodex in my mind, <laughs> how many bodybuilders, I would probably say I've had a couple of people who were either, uh, well, definitely one fitness person who owns um, a local uh, gym actually nearby. I helped support his body with acupuncture. Uh, typical issues with people who are working on a pro bodybuilder too, but she's no longer doing that. But, you know, typically injuries related to the bodybuilding itself, but also, I mean, it doesn't really matter the body that you're in. If you're in a body, you could benefit from acupuncture. So um, what you see sometimes in the media is people like athletes who are very lean with hardly any um, adipose tissue, lots of, you know, lean muscle mass, they kind of like you see these football players who get loaded up with like hundreds of needles. Some people yeah. practice that way. So they're into the real physical, you know, um, aspect of acupuncture. I work on a lot more of an energetic level. And so that's where the individual practitioner and their skill set or their interests comes into play. So I guess to answer Jay's question, it's a little bit tricky because Yes, I have worked on bodybuilders and I will continue to do so. Um, but there are sports medicine acupuncturists that may be 
somebody you want to seek out if you're really interested in supporting like the physicality of bodybuilding through acupuncture um, or sports injury issues. There's some people who specialize in that and pain. Um, But I like to think that I can work on just about anybody who's got a body. Um, Another thing, can I show a a tool, a little show and tell? Yeah. Yeah. So you may have seen some athletes with these round marks on their bodies. And that's from what we use as a tool. It's called cupping and cupping. uh, This happens to be a fire cup. Um, I, I don't have the little wand with me, but I have a little wand that I dip in alcohol and I light it on fire. I stick the wand inside of the cup and it creates a heat uh, element inside. And, and then the heat will create a suction. So I quickly put it on the body Ooh. and there's a suction. So the cup is actually sucking this, you know, sort of the skin up, pulling it up and creating a flow underneath. So it's to help relieve uh, blood and energy stagnation from those areas. So you see those nice like suction cup marks on people. That's because they've had cupping. So if you're a it's very effective. It's a different technique, of course, from sticking a needle in, but it's still got a similar goal, which is to help restore balance and flow. So bodybuilders, I would imagine, could benefit from cupping because there's a lot of tension and stagnation that can build as you're breaking down tissue and building muscle. So that's something. Amazing. So there was another question from Janie. And her question had to do with menopause and And tell us about that. What is, how does acupuncture help with menopause? I would love to tell you about that. So (laughs) I, I love uh, being able to remind my women clients that having a period, having a menstrual cycle is a great way for me to see what's going on with their bodies. And it gives you an additional point of entry and understanding into what's going on inside. So I ask a lot about flow and your cycle and everything else, because when the cycle's off, it's just simply another symptom that we get to benefit from learning about what's going on inside. So menopause, the end of a person's menstrual life, Mm -hmm. in balance, in health, we should not have many symptoms associated with menopause. Unfortunately, just like with premenstrual syndrome, PMS, we have come to accept this as just the way it is. So people, you know, it's a big market too for PMS medication and and remedies and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's also a big market for hormone replacement therapy and things like that at the end of of the cycles of uh, the seasons of life. But I'm here to tell you that in, in, in health, we should just stop having our periods and we should have very few issues. But what I see is night sweats, and um, hot flashes and mood swings and irritability and all kinds of migraines, um, I can easily help people reduce those symptoms because it works just like any other symptom in the body that we're trying to resolve mm-hmm. because we're bringing you back into balance. So if you have very intense uh, symptoms associated with menopause, it's because there's an imbalance and mm-hmm. we can help support that. As we age, uh, things naturally fall out of balance. And we didn't talk about yin and yang, but there's this interplay between the yin of mm-hmm. our of ourselves and the yang of ourselves. So what's happening as we age is the yin is starting to decline. And so as people get older, we're helping support the yin. And usually when someone has menopause symptoms, they just need extra yin support. Amazing. Well, thank you. Um, Janie, hope that answered your question about acupuncture and menopause. We have another question from Jasmine. And her question is, 
is sciatic nerve pain improved or corrected through acupuncture? Absolutely. That's probably one of the top five uh, reasons why people might show up in my oh, office. Um, it's very common. Um, there are two pathways that are usually involved in sciatic nerve pain. Um, each, remember I showed you that five element chart. I always go back to my five. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the organ system. So each organ system in the body has a pathway associated with it, usually on both sides of the body. So the pathways involved in sciatic pain are usually either gallbladder or bladder channel. So knowing okay. that there's something going along going on in the form of pain going down someone's legs, starting at the base of, you know, the spine or the lower back, and sometimes going all the way down to the ankle or so, I can help bring those pathways back into balance. Um, and then I can also look systemically and see what else is going on in the person's body to help correct the imbalance. But any kind of pain is simply an indication from the body that there's something off that needs to be reminded um, to go back into balance. So yes. Okay, thank you. Um, one thing I did want to actually bring up is with treatments, you're you're doing these needle treatments and we're in a relaxed state on the table. And then tell us what happens after, what to expect. Because one of the questions we have from Ebony is, is there any downtime needed after treatment? Like what can somebody expect after this needle yeah. treatment? Yeah, great question, Ebony. I love that question because I, like I, I, I think you said in my int in your introduction of me, I treat a lot of people who have very full lives, they're very busy. So they're squeezing me in between dropping the kids off or, you know, going to a meeting and I'll say like, what are you doing after your treatment? And they'll say, well, I'm going, you know, I have to do this big presentation. So they're getting all worked up again and they've just relaxed and had this great treatment. Um, so I prefer if people take a day, you know, to let their body integrate the treatment. Um, what I often am advising people to do is have a nice nourishing meal. Don't stuff yourself, but like just tend your body after you have a treatment. Your body's now trying to take this information from these little tiny needles. Here's another one I didn't show. It's really skinny, oh, wow. <laughs> smaller than the other one. Um, so these little tiny needles have big messages in <laughs> the body, you yeah. know, and so you might think nothing really happened. You had a nice little nap on my treatment table. I've got this nice heated table and you felt good, but now you're going to go back and like kind of undo your treatment by living that fast paced lifestyle. So I like to tell people it's not required, but you really should take it easy after treatment. I know for me personally, I'm sometimes wiped out. Like my body sends me a very strong message. You need more sleep. And what acupuncture does, one of the things that it does is it wakes us up to our bodies ability to communicate more effectively. So we get those signals a lot more strongly. You might be thirstier, you might be more tired, you might be hungry. And that's because often we're overriding those cues from our body so we could get through our lives. So okay. take it easy after our treatment. Take it easy, yeah. folks, get the treatment and just relax. So I'm yeah. gonna go back to the fact that acupuncture has been around forever. And there's so many different, you know, benefits to it. It can heal so many different conditions. And I know a couple people did answer the question of how long has acupuncture been around? And I'll do, I'll give you like five more seconds to put in the chat and let me know if you know how long it's been around before we give the answer. So I've got a couple more answers. I've got like a few more seconds before I'm just going to be like, all right, we're about to give you the answer. So if anybody wants to put in their answer real quick to the chat of how long acupuncture has been around. You've got like 
three, two, and we're giving you the answer, folks. Acupuncture has been around for approximately 3,000 years. That is a very long time. So I think a couple of people did answer. Let's see, let's see. Trina, yes, over 2,000 years ago. Ebony, about 2,000 years, yes. Good job, y'all. I would give credit, yes, because yeah. it's funny. That's like a, it's an interesting question because it's debatable, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, we did things weren't written down when acupuncture started. So, right. you know, there may be, that's why people, some people say 2,000 and some people actually say 5,000 because there's right. evidence that it may have been going on for longer, so but right. you know, a very long time. So Leah, thank you for being here. Of thank you for giving all of this Absolutely. information. If somebody wanted to find more information about acupuncture, specifically black acupuncturists, because I know that a lot of people feel there's no other black acupuncturist, you know, it's not part of our culture, we don't do it. Where mm. can they get, where can they find an acupuncturist in their local city? Uh-oh, did we lose her? <laughs> oh, I'm here. Okay, there you are. Yes, <laughs> somebody put it up, blackacupuncturist.com. It's amazing. There's a new organization. It's, it's pretty new. I think last year um, was founded, and it's a group now that, that it's a professional group of us um, who have recognized that there's a need for the community to know that we are here. So blackacupuncturist.com, can you hear me? Blackacupuncturist.com yes. is a way people can find acupuncturists in their area who are Black practitioners. And there are many of us in all mm -hmm. states across the country and actually throughout the world. So we're, we're out here. We're out here. We're out here. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. Yeah. Where, can they, where can they find you if they are in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? How do they get in contact with you? How do they get on your list? Because um, I'm sure you have a waiting list of you know, people that come and see you now, because you're amazing. As everybody sees now, here's my secret. I've given you all my secret, Ms. Leah Turner, y'all. Um, <laughs> but how can they get in contact with you? So my website is one way, thebodyandbeyond.com. So my, my um, office is called the body, it's called Body and Beyond Wellness. Um, my email is actually the very best way because that'll go right to me. It's bodybeyondwell at gmail.com. Um, so okay. that's the main main avenues to find me. And I'm so in Rockville, Maryland. If you are in the area and you're looking for an acupuncturist, if you know people that are looking for an acupuncturist, definitely check out her website, get more information about it. Um, there's a lot of different information out there for resources to learn more about acupuncture. Our hope today is that you have felt very empowered to under realize that acupuncture has been around for a long time. It's not a new medicine. It's not something that people are just playing around with. It has stood the test of time. It's a really great way to prevent and cure whatever is going on in your bodies. And these practitioners look at the entire body, not just one thing. They are really getting deep in understanding what's going on in your body. And it can really, really, truly help heal whatever condition you are going through. So Leah, thank you again so much for joining this week's episode of Jump In with Jumi. If you all have any questions, definitely let us know. Check out blackacupuncturist.com to find an acupuncturist in your city, town, nationally or globally. And we will see you next week, same time, same place with Jump In With Jimmy. See y'all next week, y'all. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Leah.